0: This is The Nexus, and I am Art Swift. On the show, I am joined by Matt Gillette, a personal shopper for Instacart, and how he is an unusual first responder of sorts during the coronavirus pandemic. Americans have to eat, and Matt is one of those bringing food to a frightened public. I'll also talk about some of what I expect will change once COVID-19 is a thing of the past. And now, The Nexus. On my last podcast, I talked about how my father was likely a coronavirus patient and the events that had led up to that presumption, along with his hospitalization. Since then, his pending test results came back positive, and he was treated at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in Somerset, New Jersey. Miraculously, two follow-up tests after that showed him negative, and he is being released from the hospital. Knowing my dad has been suffering from this, but with no way of seeing him in person, has been so traumatic to me. But the great news is that he had tremendous medical care to navigate him through this health crisis. One of the unsung heroes of the COVID-19 situation is Matt Gillette, a former manager and bartender at Nellie's Sports Bar in Washington, a driver for Lyft, a driver and training director for a bus company. Matt has had a series of service jobs in the past decade. Now he is driving for Instacart in D.C. I'd like to tell his unique story. Matt Gillette, welcome to the Nexus. Hello. Well, so let's, let's start off with what is Instacart and what do you do for them?
1: Instacart is a grocery delivery service uh, that is part of the gig economy. Um, you... Order your groceries through an app on your phone, and basically they they show up via somebody. Okay. Um, and then let's see how how long have I been with Instacart? Uh, about two and a half weeks.
0: <laughs> okay, two and a half weeks. And uh, and how did you um even hear about them to begin with? I am myself pretty versed
1: in thing all things technical, um, but mostly through friends. And then I met one of my friends through another friend who was an Instacart driver, and I just asked him a whole swath of questions and then ended up
0: applying and boom, there I went. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so what has it been like then working for Instacart during the pandemic?
1: Well, I first of all, I, I love to grocery shop in general for myself, um, but it's a totally different kind of grocery shopping. <laughs> um, you go into the grocery store and there's literally almost nothing there. Um, when you go in and, you have a list of things on your phone that you're looking at for your customer and half of it isn't there, it becomes pretty extremely difficult. And at least for me, it's stressful to choose something that they will also use, not just enjoy, but practically use uh, as a substitute.
0: Hmm. Well, what do you do? How do you overcome that? If there's if half the store or three quarters is empty, um, do you communicate that back to the customer or do you just improvise or a little bit of both? How does that work?
1: A um, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. It's uh, a lot about communication. Communication is what makes it walk around. <laughs> um, you have to really go back and forth. A lot of times there are... Suggestions for you about what to substitute, Um, but sometimes the customer has inputted their own suggestion or their own preferences of what they want as a substitute. The other side of that is that even their substitutes and their substitute substitutes are also gone. So a lot of times the entire order cannot be 100% fulfilled.
0: right and also i'm assuming and let's break this down you're in the supermarket how are you personally outfitted what what's your safety garb shall we say uh
1: my safety garb as of now i have tried gloves but i think that they're at least for me the protection is a a little bit much because i I'm going to touch, whether I have gloves on or not, I'm going to touch my phone, I'm going to touch the products. Um, Everything gets transferred. So if I have gloves on and I touch the things in the grocery store and then touch my phone and then go to my car and take them off, I still have my phone is still contaminated and the rest of the groceries are still contaminated. So I would prefer to... Not use gloves because it, it, lots of things are especially about produce, or a lot of things about touch for me. And touch my hands and my phone and all that after every single trip. Uh, I also now wear a mask, um, a reusable, washable mask that a, a friend got for me.
0: Okay. Um, how do you feel about the not glove issue? Does that bother you? Um,
1: it doesn't, I mean, I, that's why I made sure to try it out for myself and make sure that the sanitizing was a routine that I could get into Mm -hmm. and, and it was, um, as a result, If, if I wasn't able to get into that routine of sanitizing my hands and my phone and all of that and everything that I need to after every single grocery trip, then I think I would have decided otherwise.
0: Yeah, I understand. Um, and the mask, do you feel like that is, uh, protecting you?
1: I feel like it is to, to a point. I mean, I think since it's not, and I'm and M95 mask, I mean, they can only do so much uh, in in a, and when encountering someone who might be sick, but then again, you have no idea. So you, it's kind of like a, you're, you're playing with a chance there.
0: Yeah, I understand. Um, okay. So you have assembled the items. Hopefully you get, close to as many things as possible to bring to the folks. Um, What happens then you, you put them in your car, take me through like what a sample or or several deliveries might be like in terms of a process.
1: Uh, So so far they've kind of uh, had a whole range of between not speaking to the person at all once you get there and just leaving it at the door um i've had going to uh a building up in chevy Chase. said they were extra the concierge was extremely nice and they he went with me up their personal elevator and i dropped off the their groceries elevator opened and boom we're right into their foyer um up in, in a penthouse apartment and it was um, an older couple and she actually opened the door but all but then still stood six feet away hmm. and we had a, a small chat for a minute while I was unloading the groceries and I was gone and then I've had people just literally take the groceries from me um, while like when you usually take something out of somebody's hand, you graze their hand or um, touch them in, in some way, like when you're handing it back to someone. So it's it's been really the entire spectrum.
0: And what are their reactions just in general? I mean what what's what what have you been noticing in terms of the people you're serving?
1: You really see people who you wouldn't normally think would be, I don't want to use the word scared, maybe the word is cautious, um, peeking, talk, talking to me through a glass door or talking to me through a door, peeking out the window that's beside their, um, beside their stairs or their stoop. And having, having a conversation with someone who wants to have a conversation with you through their door is a little, a little strange.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do, is there a, you said maybe not scared, but cautious. Do, do you detect something in their voices ever? Is there a, you know, do, are people, certain people may be abrupt or do they have anything in their tone that, that, it expresses something unusual.
1: It definitely express. You can tell that people are concerned, especially so. When when you look at the app, you can see um, how many orders they put in through Instacart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had I've had a customer that has had over a hundred orders, and then I've had customers who have had two or three, and it's the ones that have had two or three that are very new to the process, just like really just like I am that are a little bit more apprehensive about the entire process. Um, You can tell that this is new for them. I mean, it's really new for everybody, Um, but not just the pandemic, but having to order their groceries and having to go through a service or somebody else, to get the essential things that they need is very foreign to them. Um, I actually had a friend who was in the grocery store when the photographer was following me that I ran into and I was in a real big hurry and I talked to him yesterday and he said, I think now I'm going to be, because of that experience, I'm going to be using a service like Instacart because I just can't handle that.
0: Can't handle what exactly?
1: Really the craziness of the grocery store and Ah. not being able to find things and, and things being out and not day by day, like it really changes a lot day by day in the grocery store.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is something I want to get into a little bit. Has Instacart in general, given you, you, you haven't been there long, obviously, has Instacart in general given you any specific or your, you and your fellow employees any specific training about the pandemic? Or is this like business as usual if you had started four or six months ago?
1: It's really business as usual from what I can tell. Um, it's something that I would actually love to write it Instacart or somebody at Instacart about and ask them what they're doing really for our metrics uh, on the app to it's based on speed. They actually give you a seconds per item at the end of your order and all of that is averaged out. And that's how you um, are uh, tell the batches of of items show up on your app like if you have a faster speed, you'll get better batches
0: and can you explain that like in some like examples like how might that work?
1: Um, as far as I can tell uh, being new onto the app, your batches run at the from the time you scan your first item into the app until the time that you are done with checkout, they compile, they divide up how many, how much time you've been in the store with how many items you have. Okay. And that becomes your, uh, that becomes your individual time. And, They then rank you, I guess, within the other Instacart shoppers of this is how many seconds per item you have. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is how fast your time is. And that affects the types of batches that we push your way that you can choose from to shop.
0: So there is a real emphasis on speed, but yet you are also tempering that or balancing that with being cautious. So it's almost like Instacart, and I'm not trying to knock Instacart, of course, but it's almost like they are, you know, your pay is determined by how fast you can do all of this, but yet their inclination is to go probably slower than normal because you want to make sure you're not, touching anything the wrong way. Well, it's
1: not just that. It's just, n- and now even, uh, I think it's Montgomery County, Montgomery County. And yeah. now the FDA has come out with these specific rules for grocery stores that they have to adhere by, um, in terms of what their social, social distancing requirements are. And, um, yeah. I haven't read that that full list quite yet, um, but I know that Safeway and Giant here in the D.M.V. have come out with directional signage. You can only walk one way in in, in aisles. Whoa! Uh, you have to you have to stay, of course, six feet social distance behind other people. Hmm. Um, so and in a lot of a lot of the stores, the aisles aren't even six feet wide. Uh, so it's hard, it's hard to walk past people and still have that social distance. Um, you end up having to wait for, uh, say if someone's in one of those motorized carts. You have to then wait for them. Um, so that's where, Patience goes a long way. And um, I pull from my school bus driver days and say, hey, you just have to like stop, wait, be patient, and what's going to happen is going to happen. And I, I don't think that Instacart has yet realized that in store, it's now impossible to keep that seconds per item number really
0: low. Right. I mean, that, that's totally been my assertion based on what you've been saying because it's like that, that can't work. I mean, it's, it's almost like they have to, you should reset the clock in some kind of way for for you in terms of your performance.
1: Right. And then added, added on to that with there's an item that you can't find or that is just simply out you message your customer and it's a waiting game for them to message you back. Sometimes Mm. Um, they get, you get notified or they get notified. The customer does when you start shopping, when you say that you have arrived at the store and then scan in your first item, they get a notification. Hey, your shopper has started shopping for you. Sometimes, they then click in and they're on the ready but a lot of times they are nowhere to be found really cuz uh, the only communication that you have with them is through text in the app nice. and i've i've gone i've gone entire shopping trips with no response <sighs>
0: That's not good. That's not good. And that—that that to me is stressful. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. And if I may ask, um, what kind of money do you make in a typical day from this?
1: Um, it it depends on a lot of factors, really. My I think my highest so far. I can look. I, I think my highest so far is around 150 to 200 bucks. I could be overshooting that a little bit. Hmm. Um,
0: what might the low end be?
1: Uh, the low end is under hundred. Uh, my goal is, my goal every day is to make at least a hundred dollars.
0: Sure, sure. Um, and how are the tips? How does that even work? Um, the tips, they have an option to tip you through the app.
1: Um, but my my best way from my customer service background to really have an affect on that is to have that person-to-person interaction. Right. Um, I think for me that is extremely important. Um because I I'm I like to say I'm pretty good at my person to person interaction and it's all about that eye contact and and really just saying hello to a person and and saying these are the things that I chose for you. I hope you like them. It you don't know, outwardly say that, but um it's it's nice to have a connection with someone as most of us know.
0: Sure. I mean, have you had any kind of customer interactions, um, even during the shopping experience that maybe have been of note?
1: Um, let's see here. <laughs> this is just part of uh, my personality in general. Um, I had a a customer, we were talking back and forth and towards the end of her trip. And there was a a good number of things that we were having to um, put to the side because they weren't there. And she just goes, Oh, skip that one. I did a little skip down the aisle and I I wrote that for her and sent it to her. And she was like, Oh, that's cute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, uh, and you know, were there any items that you, um, you know, that were out of stock uh, that the customer wanted and maybe you recommended something different?
1: Um, yes, actually. Uh, so there's, there was one I'm a, uh, of course, you said at the beginning, I used to be the assistant general manager of Nelly Sports Bar. And with that, it was, menu creation so i i am not by trade but by now by hobby um and at the avid chef mm-hmm. um they wanted mushrooms and this is a harris teeter trip actually and harris teeter was all out of mushroom all out of the regular you know your regular button mushrooms mm-hmm. um and they had one type of mushroom left and it's something that i think Normally, people wouldn't pick up um, their oyster mushrooms. Um, uh, They're $9.99 a pound. They're fairly light in general. So you can pick up a whole bunch of them and still not be right, not at a pound. So I suggested those to her. And I said they're worth every penny. They're delicious. They have a slight uh peppery note to them they're worth every penny like absolutely every penny uh i first tried them like two years ago and it took her i think maybe like 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes to get back to me so i was like halfway into the store by the time she got back to me um that's the other thing that takes time i was halfway into the store when she got back to me and i had to go run Back to the produce section, because she said, "Oh yeah, sure, that sounds great <laughs> um, to to grab uh, some mushrooms for her
0: but yet that's a um, personal touch you added
1: oh yeah, and then that that kind of thing makes me super happy like i I would have even if she would have consulted with me like. <laughs> how do I cook these? I probably would have taken like 10 minutes to text her in the store.
0: (laughs) That's, uh, that's something. And in terms of um, uh, your tips, have you had any unusual situations with people like handing you cash or anything odd like that?
1: Um, I've had two people hand me cash so far. Um, One this is actually the the very first one Uh, it was the last shopping trip that i did of the day and it included alcohol in the in the order and i had to ask him to go back up and get his id and come back down and he ended up handing me a 20 in a plastic bag the plastic bag wasn't wasn't closed um, which I thought was kind of odd because of what he said. Um, he handed me the plastic bag. His hand was actually in his sleeve, like you know, when you're right, you put your hand in your sleeve to like wipe it, wipe something down or something like that. Um, and he had a pinch it pinched and he handed it to me. and He said, This is a pre COVID 20. Thanks <laughs> for all you do. <laughs> I was like, Thanks, man. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: That's very funny. So even amidst this chaos, there's still human interactions. There's still, you know, it's people almost sound like they're finding their way through things.
1: Uh, it it does. There, I think the human interaction part is very important, but I understand also why it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. No, of course. Of course. It's, it's, and what you're, experiencing now may be very different even a week from now or a month from now in terms of the things may be much harsher. The stuff that you described earlier about the, the social distancing in the supermarket itself, who knows if it's going to be more harsh for lack of a better word in terms of the procedure.
1: Right. Like we, uh, I follow uh, I'm an avid grocery store visitor. I was, I was before all this. Um, I consider myself a quote unquote coupon queen. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I subscribe to all of the grocery stores. I get all of their emails, uh, all the time. And, and especially now I'm, I've been looking for their emails to stay up to date on all of their policies. Giant was the first one to come out with, um, they're stricter policies. Um, they actually tomorrow are closing at three PM, um, which is going to be interesting because Sunday is one of one of the busiest days on all of the shopping apps like uh, Instacart, Amazon, um, Shipped. Sunday, and Monday are very busy. Sure. And now. Giants closing at three PM and Safeways closing at five. Mm. So we're gonna have we're technically gonna have short days that I think are gonna be very busy very early. Um, and Giant is going down to a twenty percent capacity in store capacity for all of their stores.
0: Oof. That's gonna be rough. That's right. Rough.
1: And so and the first time I experienced a line to get in the store was at uh Wegman's uh out in Lanham, the one that's right off of the beltway. And when I showed up at what time did I show up? At like two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon, there was there were thirty people outside waiting to get in. Oh. And then crazy thing, when I was done at four thirty, it only took me 25 to 30 minutes to get all the way around the beltway to can they to deliver the groceries.
0: And for those of our listeners outside the Washington area, the, he's describing the very famous beltway, which is the uh, series of roads that um, encircle Washington, D.C. And, and the joke about this is it's impossible to you know, ride around the beltway with any kind of speed i mean it's it's a it's a joke any
1: normal day that that trip would take an hour and a half at the very
0: least and you did it in 25 to 30 minutes i mean that's correct that is uh, for the, the washington dc area i have been a long time resident has a legitimate traffic crisis and like many areas in this country maybe all of them at this point um there is almost no traffic. So I guess you would consider that a bright spot in your day.
1: Oh, absolutely. I've been a professional driver for about 14 years. And at the height of rush hour, what what it's supposed to be, rush hour, (laughs) that's astronomical.
0: (laughs) Matt, could you tell me, are you scared of the virus at this point?
1: I am a little bit scared of what it can do. I don't think I am outwardly scared of the virus itself. Um, I know that it exists. I am very cognizant of the fact that it's there. Um, and But I'm a firm believer in what is supposed to happen is going to happen. Um, that, and what I mean by that is that if, if I'm supposed to get the virus, then I will get it. If not, then I won't. And I can't stop my life or stop helping other people just because of, a fear or an apprehension that I have about anything really.
0: But as a gig economy service worker, do you have health insurance?
1: I actually did just reacquire health insurance for the first time in a few years. Hmm. And the, actually the only reason why I was able to acquire health insurance, uh, is because I am HIV positive.
0: Because you are HIV positive, yeah. Understand? I mean, so you're an HIV positive person working in the midst of a pandemic, not isolating. That that is remarkable and truly commendable.
1: Thank you. Um, it's something that I. I, me personally, I, I didn't really even give a second thought to. Because? Um, really because of uh, exactly what I described a moment ago. Uh, I try not to live, live, my, live my life by pushing things away just because of what a scary outcome might be. Now that's, it may seem weird to, to some people, but um, I very much thrive and become happy on making others happy and taking care of other people. I actually, that's part of the detriment of uh, my life and my, my being as I take care of others first before I take care of myself. Um, and I... I just feel like it's very important and I love humanity and I will always take care of it.
0: And how do you feel, how do you think this job fits into your life's journey?
1: I, <laughs> that's a, that's a, a great question. Um, Our our journeys in life in general are they are self-made, but in retrospect, they are chosen for us. Our, our our faith is chosen in the stars, I believe it's written somewhere, but we don't know that we have to choose. We have to choose that path for ourselves, knowing that someone else has already chosen the path for us. Um, I believe that every single interaction that every human has is on purpose. And without this job, I I won't meet a lot of the people that I'm supposed to meet. I won't interact with people that I'm supposed to interact with. So as a result of working for Instacart, I I now know exponentially more people i can say than i would have before and so far it's been pretty good
0: yeah i would say that you are on the front lines of this covid19 crisis and in your own way you are a first responder as well you are protecting people in the sense of people need to eat. It's such a cliche, but people need food and essential supplies, and the only way they're going to get it is through the supermarket in the way American society is designed.
1: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I have. I have friends even before this that, that refused to go to the supermarket uh, just because they loathe and disparage it. So they've been using apps like Instacart since before this, but then there there are people who usually go to the grocery store who literally either feel like they shouldn't or simply cannot or really shouldn't because they are worse off uh, in terms of their health than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, those are the people who I, I serve everyone through the app, of course. Um, but it's, a, it's the people who really can't get there that who I think about the most.
0: And that's very important. Well, Matt Gillette, thank you for this inspirational story and for joining me in the Nexus. Absolutely. And we will be right back. Like you, I've been wondering about what might change when we quote, get back to normal. The date for getting back to normal seems to keep pushing further into the future. The coronavirus will likely be here in the fall and in some capacity next winter and spring. It might be until the fall of 2021 before there's a vaccine. Good grief, Charlie Brown. So the longer it takes to beat COVID-19, the more our society will fundamentally change. What will things be like when the virus is gone? Of course, it's hard to tell that, but I have some ideas. Let's see if I'm right. I think it's obvious that public transportation is going to take a serious hit. Never that sanitary in the best of times, I used to ride the DC Metro every day to work for years, and every winter I would get sick in some capacity. I stopped riding it well before this crisis, and my exposure to germs has gone down dramatically, and no more winter colds. Now, with the threat of pandemic viruses lurking in these hyper enclosed steel tubes, you're going to have to pay me a lot of money to ride them again. Yes, I realize trains and buses are the only way for millions of Americans to travel, and it is elitist of me to be able to rely on my car or my motorcycle, but I am sure I'm not alone in this sentiment, especially in the Midwest, South, and West. Conversely, car sales are probably to go, going to go through the roof. Automobiles have always been thought of as a sanctuary. You're seemingly in control of the ride, provided there's not a lot of traffic. And as long as you keep the interior clean, it's largely germ-free. With the public transportation push of the last several decades, for clear-cut environmental reasons, this pandemic is going to put the brakes on reducing our carbon footprint and replacing it with protecting your short-term health. I am not unaware that the global environment will suffer as a result, however. I don't really enjoy working at home. Thinking of sanctuaries, my home is the ultimate sanctuary. It is where I go for repose and restoration. I don't want to work here. But with COVID-19, my senses employers have figured out a big way to save a whole lot of money. Will they go back to renting out massive office buildings and parks? I doubt it. Sure, there will be value in traveling to places to meet with colleagues, but here comes the golden age of Zoom, Loop Up, Skype, and many more sophisticated video conferencing services. Get used to working in your sanctuary. I'm not sure that tightly packed arenas and stadiums are going to recover so well either. They jam a lot of people into Madison Square Garden or Yankee Stadium or Dodger Stadium for sporting events and concerts. The name of the game is volume. My guess is a lot of people are not going to compete so aggressively for standing room only floor seats to Lady Gaga anymore or the Stones or Ariana Grande. That means the existing seats could spiral to a thousand bucks or more as there are far fewer of them. I'm never going to pay good money to watch someone at my computer, but if I want to see them live, it's going to be a delicacy like foie gras. (laughs) I'm really not a fan of masks as a part of everyday life like they do in much of Asia, but it's likely inevitable that this is here to stay in this country, even in the best of times to come. COVID-19 will likely freak so many people out for some time to come that good luck stopping the mask trend. I like faces and seeing them. Don't like everyone looking like they're ER nurses or banditos. Sure, they are healthy and all that, Especially in the short term. But when things are better, I think masks will serve as a sad reminder of this tragedy. There will be much, much more to talk about on this topic, but the thing I hope for the most is being able to refer to coronavirus in the past tense as something we've gotten beyond as a historical oddity that we live through. The world lived through the Spanish flu and the Black Plague, and we, without a doubt, will live through this. And that's our show. The Nexus is recorded in Washington and is produced by Colin Martin. If you like this podcast, please feel free free to share it far and wide. Special thanks to Alan Thompson. Thank you for listening and be well.